Hey everyone, just a reminder that we are recording remotely while we're quarantined, uh, so the sound might be slightly compromised, but hopefully not too bad. Enjoy! Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. Um, this week we're just going to do it slightly differently again, just kind of going rogue. Um it's going to be a big news dump. We feel like there's a lot going on in the news that we haven't had a chance to kind of cover recently. And so it's going to be kind of like a big, we see you episode, just going through a lot of what's happening um, in the news. Um, But before we get to that, uh, just a reminder, if you're enjoying us to rate and review us, subscribe on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening and tell friends or family about us. Um, And if you're feeling super wild and supportive, um, feel free to go ahead and um, you can donate on um, kofi.com. Kofi. We really have to figure out how to pronounce it, Um, but we're on coffee. Um, and you know, any donations basically help us, um, with our hardware and software needs and different subscriptions, Mm -hmm. some of that Adobe creative cloud and our intro and outro music anyway, um, much appreciated. Um, and the positive reviews really, really help us. They help other people find us when they search Apple podcasts. Um, we come up, uh, the more reviews we have, the more (laughs) it looks like people like us and listen to us. Um, and so it's just great to have those reviews and Hey, if you don't like us and you want to troll us, fine, fine, fine. You can do that too. It'll still make us, we're still going to (laughs) get higher up in the search bar if, um, we get, more interaction with our podcast on Apple podcasts, but we did want to call out, um, a positive review from Paris Hilton, four, two, zero, six, nine. It's a five, five star review. Um, and they said, it's really good. Great podcast. I enjoyed it. Appreciate the wide range of topics. I think the episodes about gender bias in the 2020 election and the one about Aziz Ansari are the best. So I'd recommend starting with those if you haven't listened before. So love it. Love the username. Yeah. Thank you, Paris Hilton, 42069. We super appreciate it. Um, And seeing as this is the last week of Women's History Month, um, we wanted to call out a new um, podcast on women's history um, called the Feminist History Podcast um, at fem underscore history on Twitter. Um, They are a podcast that explore the lives of women who have impacted the acceptance of female equality. And it's written and hosted by at Madam Coomer um, on Twitter. Maggie Coomer is her name. Um, So yeah, check, check her out. It's a, it's a pretty cool podcast and relatively new on the scene. So um, check them out. Check them out. Yeah. So a bunch of uh, bad news, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just really uh, an influx of shit, all kinds, <laughs> all varieties, a cornucopia of shit mm-hmm. um, has, has been happening, which, you know, isn't new, but it seems like, I mean, a part of it just seems like, you know, the... The conservatives uh, lashing out now that we have um, Democrats in power. But one thing that, you know, last week we talked about violence against Asian Americans. And what do you know? There has been more. Um, mm-hmm. just, just recently, a 65-year-old woman in Midtown in New York was kicked to the ground and stomped on um, while the perpetrator made anti-Asian remarks um, against mm-hmm. her. And, you know, Andrew Yang spoke out about it and said, my mother walks around that neighborhood. It could have been my mother just as easily. And it's, you know, just another example of, of these awful hate crimes that we're seeing and surging. Um, so that's, I mean, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really disgusting. That video specifically, it's very easy to find. Um, if you're on Twitter and you have the capacity to watch it, like 
I wouldn't say watch it just like it exists. And it's really disturbing to see, um, the security guard. And, um, I think there's a mailman who's dropping off packages and they both just sort of watch. No one goes to her aid. She's on the ground getting like viciously attacked. And then the security guard just goes and closes the door. Um, it's just really the inhumanity is like really upsetting. So, um, I just wanted to call out, I had meant to call out last week. Um, there is a company called Hollaback, um, and they have um, bystander intervention tra- um, trainings to stop uh, anti-Asian or Asian-American xenophobic harassment trainings. Um, and they've added a bunch of new trainings because they're popular. And um, so feel, you know, you should check them out. It's at um it's at iHollaback on Twitter, and um, they are a global people-powered movement to end harassment in all of its forms. And specifically now, um, they're promoting these um, bystander intervention uh, tr- uh, trainings. And, um, you know, I think it's yeah. something that I want to check out. So <laughs> Definitely. And if, you know, if one of those bystanders had maybe taken that training... <laughs> perhaps she wouldn't have been, you know, so seriously injured. Yep. You know, cause it's, I understand that in those moments it has to be scary as well to witness it, but we're all, we're all citizens of this earth and we need to look out for each other where we can. And I think for a lot of people being trained specifically in how to do that might empower them to act when in other times they might freeze up and, and not be really sure how to help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Great resource. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are also in the midst now of the Derek Chauvin case, the case of the murder of George Floyd by the police officer, Derek Chauvin. Um, That's been tough. I haven't, I've sort of purposely stayed a little bit away from it just because it's Mm -hmm. so distressing. (laughs) Um, But from what I was looking at on Twitter today, it does seem like there is some really there, there it's been some powerful testimony, obviously. I mean, that's to be expected. Um, but specifically, um, Genevieve Hansen, who was one of the witnesses questioned, um, she seems to do a particularly kind of great job of standing up to the defense when they were trying to cross witness her, um, or cross-examine, cross-witness. That's all. You've seen Law and Order. I know. (laughs) Um, but she was pretty unwavering in her responses to the defense. Um, at one point saying, you know, the defense said it's a simple yes or no question. And she said, your question is unclear because you don't know my job. Um, you know, just sort of saying things like that, um, to make the defense attorney look like sort of a moron, but she was so forceful and emphatic and gave him absolutely nothing to work with that the, um, the judge had to send, the judge decided to send the jury out of the room for a second and chastise her basically and say like, you can't, you know, um, I forget what exactly he said, but like, you know, answer the questions the way they're asked and you don't have to volunteer additional information and don't disrespect the court. From what I saw, and again, it wasn't everything, didn't feel like she was really disrespecting the court. She was just Mm -hmm. holding very firm to what she knew to be true, and she wasn't going to be bullied by the defense attorney. So she seemed like like a badass, and um, it was kind of inspiring to see, especially as, like, the case gets gets rehashed. Yeah, and yeah, we learned that um, he was on George Floyd's neck for almost a full minute longer than was previously thought. Um, we There's also a witness who the, yeah, the defense attorneys in, you can see that he's trying to humanize the police officer, um, having him, you know, looks like he was coached to like look over at the jury and try and be a person. But he was questioning, the defense attorney was questioning um, another witness who was a mixed martial arts you know, expert and he was there and saw it. And he was basically trying to make it sound like the witnesses were getting in the way or, um, 
or like they were angry or disruptive. And this was a black man that he was saying this to. And he's like, I, I'm not going to let you paint me as some angry man. Like I know what I'm talking about. I know what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, I think it's so, it's so frustrating when you see defense attorneys just kind of bully people and badger people and just manipulate them to try to get them to say things, you know, that they don't mean. Mm -hmm. And so like the example you gave, it was kind of, it was refreshing to be able to see people, um, you know, standing, being able to stand up to this bully with the most punchable face. I know that doesn't matter if this defense attorney just (laughs) marmy, smarmy man. and I'm, yeah, hopefully there will be some, some justice. I'm, I am glad that this is being like live, you know, live streamed. Um, it, I think it's important for people to see the process uh, mm-hmm. in general and particularly for this, this trial. Um, I think we need to see that it is happening fairly. You know? Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it progresses and what happens from here. But I mean, George Floyd should never have have been murdered that day, um, but he was, and hopefully there could be some semblance of justice in a system which normally does not provide any sort of justice when cops murder people of color. Right, right, absolutely. That's the prosecutors said um, made a point to say this is not about all cops. You know, trying to mm-hmm. make sure that the jury it's like let's not, you know, what you're here you're not here to litigate. Black Lives Matter move the Black Lives Matter movement. You are here to look at this specific egregious act Mm -hmm. um, and decide whether or not this was like a proper use of force. I mean, like you're what regardless of what drugs were in his system at the time, Mm -hmm. which is of course one of those like things. It's like he did not die because he had a certain amount of drugs in his system. He died because there was a knee on his neck for nine minutes. Like yeah, and he had they found one thing that I learned from the trial that I didn't know before is that he had road rash on the front of his body. George Mm. Floyd did he was which doesn't just <laughs> happen you know mm-hmm. um he had road rash from the the force with with which you know fucking Derek was was applying that pressure and um and the 911 operator when she was interviewed and she was talking about how she because she was seeing a live stream of it as it was happening and she thought her screen was frozen at first because they were <laughs> kneeling on so long that she called her, like a police sheriff she called the mm-hmm. cops on the cops um mm-hmm. because and this is a trained 911 operator um yeah. who saw that and said you know something is very wrong here um and just hearing the 17 year old who who videotaped it and how the guilt she feels for not physically intervening mm-hmm. um and how that her and her nine-year-old cousin and you know how traumatic that must have been for them too to to watch that and see that and have to live with that. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of bravery from, from some of the people, some of the witnesses there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll so. see. see how it plays out. We'll see. Um, well, moving on to not something lighter, but like there are really dumb aspects of this. Um, we've talked about before the feeling of getting dragged into whatever the Republicans want to talk about. Cause they're just poopy babies so often with these mm-hmm. like stunts. Um, so like Ted Cruz and his other uh. like 18 Republicans down at the border, just like there was this great freeze frame of Fox, like with Ted Cruz's face in the cornfield at night. And they were like, the sub- subheading was alarming encounter. And I was like, I'll say. I mean, it was just like so perfect. I mean, it's the last person I want to encounter in the in a cornfield. It's like uh, Ted Cruz. Um, anyway, they were down there to, I guess, point out that there's a crisis at the border and there are a lot of um, children and desperate um, teenagers uh, coming across. There's an influx of people. Um, no one. Here's the thing, like. No one is going to disagree that there is there there is not a crisis at the border. There's obviously a problem, mm-hmm. but this is a nuanced problem. This is a problem that requires infrastructure, resources, humanity, public health services, like a lot of actual 
empathy and, um, and common sense and expertise. Um, instead we're getting some sort of like weird photo op with the Republicans and ice is still in control down there. And you, you know, Biden is sort of relatively ill-equipped I'd say to kind of be dealing with this. There's still, while we're not separating families at the border in the same cruel way and not operating out of a place of cruelty, it is still a huge problem that we're having to hold children in these facilities for an incredibly long time and they're not being well looked after. It's like a huge problem. So what's frustrating is that Republicans don't really propose anything meaningful. Their proposals only revolve around kind of going back to Trump era policies where cruelty is the point and like pushing everyone back into Mexico to wait. Um, and that's, those, those aren't really realistic policies. They're also not the policies of both Democrats and Republicans before Trump. So with Biden, we're only returning to the most like boring kind of banal, um, you know, I don't know if evil is like, is, is evil too strong a word? It's like we're returning to a, a a status quo that is completely unacceptable, but it's the one that's kind of been, it's the stale status quo that we've sort of had in this country. It just isn't escalated to the Trump Trump era levels of evil. Anyway, it's it's frustrating to me that we can't have an actual conversation about what to do in any sort of meaningful way because the Republicans aren't interested in actually solving this they're just wanting to put like a cudgel there for 2022 and scare people yeah uh ted cruz ted cruz in the i I love um ad bryan's ted cruz impersonation (laughs) sidebar on snl it's it's a a joy it's a joy every time yes Um, the only way i want to see ted cruz is via ad bryan (laughs) yes i totally agree um one other sort of semi-funny thing. Um, Steve Daines in Montana had this whole funny rant. Well, he didn't mean it to be funny, I don't think, but he was talking about meth. And it was essentially like, make meth homegrown again, like make meth in Montana. He was kind of like, now before, you know, used to meth came from Montana and now it comes from Mexico. It's like, what is exactly your point, sir? What? They're stealing your meth jobs. I don't, I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah. It's just like bizarre. So anyway, just a frustrating thing. Bring back Montana meth. Bring back the meth. American grown meth. (laughs) Yeah. One thing to aspire to, I I suppose. Uh, Um, Yeah. uh, One some uh, some really awful um, legislations been coming out around uh, rights for transgender children and youth. Um, really upsetting stuff. In Arkansas, they became the first state uh, on Monday to pass a bill which prohibits, meaning that they will be fined or go to jail, prohibits doctors from providing gender-affirming medical care to transgender children. Um, and these are all treatments that all the major medical organizations say are in incredibly important that have positive outcomes for kids. They're misrepresenting what these treatments are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, basically what, what the treatments that are, are now banned are things like uh, hormone blockers, puberty blockers that, you know, preteens and teens can take to, to block those hormones level, hormone levels. And they're completely reversible. If you stop them, the hormones will come. Um, so one, that's not irreversible. Uh, there aren't any sort of negative impacts with doing that in of itself. Um, one in three people who are transgender have attempted suicide. Um, rates of depression and suicidality and anxiety are significantly higher when um, children with gender dysphoria can't access these gender affirming services. It's it's like these people aren't making aren't making these rash decisions to to take these hormone blockers. Um, they do it because that is 
the medically necessary treatment for them as per their doctors. Mm-hmm. And because these people don't under, these fucking Republicans don't understand that mm-hmm. they, they think they say, Oh, we're like poisoning our children. This is bad for our kids. It's, it's not, you're uncomfortable with it. You don't understand it. And so you want to legislate around it and you're being incredibly cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like if, when, if it's signed into law, doctors who provide this care would be subject to losing their licenses, their medical licenses. Mm. Um, and the fact that they titled this legislation Save Adolescents from Experimentation, the SAFE Act. Yeah. It always gets my goat when they when Republicans like misrepresent their legislation with nice little acronyms and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um and it would also prohibit fund, public funds from being granted to organizations or entities that provide gender affirming procedures to people under 18. Um, it would prevent, prohibit Arkansas's Medicaid program from reimbursing or providing coverage or gender affirming care to people under 18. Um, just really, really awful things. Um, and we shouldn't be putting the health of children in politicians' hands. We should leave that up to pediatricians. Um, right. And the ACLU says they are going to challenge the shit in court if it's signed into law, mm-hmm. thankfully. And I have to imagine they will be successful in that. But I, I mean, thinking of all the, you know, trans kids in Arkansas right now and how they must feel, mm-hmm. I'm sh- I, it's it's heartbreaking and it's devastating. And it is, you know, we we felt a little bit of optimism and joy when. Um, Biden was sworn in, not because he's progressive yeah. hero, but because it felt like things would be moving in the right direction and seeing the backlash and seeing the Republicans like coming together to just do these awful, awful things um, is really, really beyond disheartening. It's, it's, it's evil. Like their children are going to die because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's absolute. That's not hyperbole in any way, shape or form. Um, we know that children are significantly more likely to kill themselves if they do not receive gender affirming treatment when they have gender dysphoria. So it's, it's cruel. It's cruel. It's also going against like, you know, again, part of the Republican playbook going against science. I mean, Mm -hmm. is going against the recommendations of major medical organizations, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the endocrine society support the access to these treatments like puberty blockers and hormone treatments for children with gender dysphoria. Um, so really their cons- this is once again, <laughs> them, these Republican men, mostly um, punching down for lack of a better word, they're taking their power and they are meddling in a situation in medical situations, medical, the lives of people who they don't understand. They're don't bother to educate themselves. They're scared of what they don't understand. They're on, uns- you know, they're unsettled, their ignorance unsettles them. Um, and they have this power to make people's lives significantly harder, more challenging, more of an uphill battle for these kids that are already struggling with so much. Like I just, yeah, it's again, like with, with so many of these things, it feels like cruelty is the point here. Um, and I just wanted to read um, a comment from um, one of uh, my friends who identifies as transgender nonconforming. Um, they said, uh, they posted today saying, uh, exactly 18 years ago, after I had entered puberty and was being bullied every single day for who I was and the things about myself I didn't understand yet, I didn't want to live anymore and hated myself so much that I had to be rushed to the emergency room and kept in a mental institution for months. I've spent the last 18 years coming to terms with who I am. And because of how our society treats trans and gender nonconforming people, I've struggled to want to live more than once. Every time I leave the house, I have come to expect stares, laughs, and insults to be spat at, have things thrown at me and to be physically threatened and assaulted because of all of those things that have happened to me. Um, because all those things have happened to me when I left the house, being trans is not a choice and living authentically is our only option for adults to attack and punish children for who they are is criminal. And the inevitable blood will be on all of these politicians hands and anyone who did nothing. Um, we must protect trans kids at all costs. Um, anyway, so I just thought <laughs> wanted to read something from, you know, someone 
very close to the issue. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really sad to watch this happen in our country. Um, when, as with, like, you know, I, 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 I have to believe we are better than this as a country. And it's also, I wonder what kind of like a brain drain is happening from places like Arkansas when medical providers are prevented from just like doing good, doing their job. Um, when basically the law now says like, you have to do harm. You're going against the Hippocratic oath, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you stay and try to make the best out of the situation and try to help as much as you is within your power or do you leave exactly it's like what do you what do you do if you're in arkansas right now and there's someone who's impacted by this um it's really scary and i hope that the aclu can can get on it quickly if it's signed into law um yeah absolutely awful and unfortunately there's more news um, in terms of discrimination against people who are transgender South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem so issued two executive orders also on Monday, um, which are aimed at ensuring that trans girls cannot be on girls' sports teams. Mm. Um, this isn't the first state to do this. And she she had this like awful tweet, only girls should play girls' sports. Mm. Given the legislature's failure to accept my proposed revisions, I'm immediately signing two executive orders to address this issue. One to protect fairness, fairness in K-12 athletics and another to do so in college athletics. Um, trans girls are girls. Uh, it is mm-hmm. not fair to exclude them. They're... There's not any, first of all, there's no evidence that trans girls have any sort of a leg up on cis girls when it comes to sports um, Mm -hmm. and athletics. Uh, The idea that there's all, they have all this testosterone and and that helps them. One, normally they're on um, hormone blockers, which block Mm -hmm. uh, testosterone, but also there are other, if you have PCOS, which is a relatively common uh, condition that cis women and girls have you, which like, I think 10%, yeah, 10% of women have that. You have elevated testosterone levels. Um, they're not banned from girls sports because of that. Um, and we don't even know if testosterone does help. There are inconsistent studies on it. We don't really know for sure. And I always think of the example of like Michael Phelps, like that (laughs) he has has the body for swimming, you know, like he, the way that his body is, is structured, um, his long ass torso, he has an advantage. He's Mm -hmm. not banned from it. Like biological competitive advantages in sports are fine. As long as your genitalia is the same. Like I don't, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense it feels arbitrary um and it's it's just unfair and like we mentioned earlier when you think about depression um, and suicidality in these kids excluding them from sports is you know not the answer and in the olympics uh, they allow transgender athletes but none have have qualified yet um and there are examples of lots of examples of cis girls winning on you know against trans girls um Mm -hmm. there's this myth that trans girls are these like hulked out people who can just dominate all the sports um you know one they're underrepresented you know people say well why don't they form their own sports teams generally in, in an area, there aren't enough to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't always co-ed teams. Uh, where are they supposed to go? You want to put trans girls on boys teams? You want to put trans boys on girls teams? Like if we're going to separate, we need to let, you know, kids self-identify. Um, it's just, it's just unnecessary discrimination. And I don't know why we are still fucking having these conversations. It's just, the Scientific American came out with um, an article a couple of weeks ago on just this topic saying they should not be excluded from this. Um, science and human decency are both in the corner of letting these girls participate. And yet here we are. Um, it's again, it's disgusting and it's not, it's not a country I'm, I'm proud to be in right now seeing all this happening. Right. And I'll feel like I'm, you know, beat the drum of this, you know, over and over, but 
it's very sad and frustrating to also see that this is the type of like thing that legislatures are focused on. You know, the majority of legislatures in the U.S. right now are Republican. Um, And there are lots of things that we could work on on a state level. Lots of stuff that include, you know, bolstering desperately needed infrastructure projects or helping to make, we'll get into the voting systems later. What about helping to reform police, more mental health things in schools, resources in schools, like lots of, you know, you could go on and on on the list of, of things that, that an empowered lawmaker could help with. And we can have principal disagreements on how best to do that. But instead what we're seeing is these, people really using their power to fan the flames of hate and ignorance on some specific social issues um, because they see an easy target. And like the easy target in this case is the most vulnerable students, children in our school systems, like, or one of the most vulnerable categories of, of kids, um, people who have gender dysphoria. And instead of trying to bolster resources that make their lives a little bit easier, um, help them navigate this, like confusing, you know, any confusion that they have, any, any issues, instead of trying to provide more resources to them. And by the way, to the rest of the students, like, you know, lots of issues in their education says public, public school systems, instead of trying to do any of that, the easy wins, the easy wins for these guys are, you know, separating and alienating students, stripping them of, 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 things that might bring them some joy and, and, and easy categorizations that scientific American and other medical associations have said, just, you know, let them participate. Science backs up that this makes, you know, you're, this is an unnecessary thing. You're taking a, an issue of your own making and you're elevating it because you know you're going to have the votes and what are you doing? You're just appealing to other ignorant people and their hate in the hopes of getting reelected in the hopes of saying, look what we did. These dangerous kids who wanted to play lacrosse with other girls, you know, look, yeah. we showed, we showed them. It's like, Ooh, big, tough guys, yeah. you know, yeah. Fuck, yeah. fuck you. Fuck, fuck you. Them. <laughs> fuck, fuck them all. Yeah. <sighs> I think, I feel like there should be some rule for, um, like lawmakers where it's like, you, you have to actually, first of all, you have to actually do things. And second of all, like, we should all be able to look at a dashboard of like what issues you're dealing with. And if the entire thing is taken up with like trying to ban transgender teens from playing sports we have an issue and you should be kicked out of office anyway. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> if I were president. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Ugh. But should we, this sort of might be a good segue to all the things that we want to get passed and that won't be able to be passed if we do not abolish the filibuster. Mm-hmm. Um, most prominently in the national conversation is this conversation around voting rights um, and the large scale assault on voting rights that is happening in this country right now. Um, Most recently, the outrage in Georgia. Um, There was a sweeping new law that dramatically rolls back access to um, the ballot boxes in, uh, in Georgia. Lots of different measures that um, make it harder for people to vote and to register um, and easier for um, GOP lawmakers and and um, fringe groups to challenge registration. Um, they criminalize, quote unquote, line warming or basically offering food and water to people who are waiting in line. Um, and What's particularly odious about that is the only reason why line warming or offering food and water to people 
is even fucking needed is because it's already hard to vote in a lot of places specifically in Georgia, there was a dramatic reduction in the amount of polling places over the last 10 years. Um, again, by design, like bluer districts, they have made it harder for people to, to actually access those voting, um, in-person voting. So the lines are a lot longer. Um, and a lot of this happens in, you know, black precincts. Um, so this is criminalizing just like something that is, <laughs> an act, like a very human act. It's like, honestly, what, where are we at? It's the most obviously odious because it's just like, who would actually legislate that you can't give someone food or water? Like what if they passed out? You know, it's just, anyway, it doesn't matter. They don't need to pass out for it to be horrific. Um, but the law also allows for unlimited challenges to a voter's registration, which is um, something that is used very often to racially profile voters. And it's um, a tactic of voter intimidation. Um, it allows, um, it's it's much easier than for, for the state to kick people off of voter roll, of the voter roll completely. Um, and um, it's a provision that basically makes it even easier to uh, disqualify people's vote based on like race or ethnicity challenges. Um, it, uh, there's restrictions on mail-in voting, which again, before Trump and before the big lie of this past year, mail-in voting wasn't something that was seen as partisan in any way. It's only the rhetoric that was repeated over and over by Trump and by his other, like by his lackeys to say that mail-in voting is like rife with fraud. Um, that And because mail-in voting in a lot of places turned out to be um, something that more Democrats used, um, it's become a partisan issue. I mean, before in Georgia, mail-in voting helped Republicans more. Um, now voters are going to be required to provide either their driver's license or state ID number or a photocopy of their identification to cast a mail-in ballot. And it bans third-party groups from sending absentee ballot applications to voters. Um, and it ends the use of portable polling sites like those mobile voting buses that were used in Fulton County last cycle. Um, one of the worst things that it does, I mean, it does, all, it's hard to even pick what's the worst, but basically it also gives, it takes power away from the secretary of state um, in Georgia and it gives power to the, um, I'm just trying to find the exact name uh it's, it gives power to the like GOP controlled state board of elections, um, instead of like, and it allows the, them to basically be able to challenge the results of the election and call fraud. Um, it, takes the power away from the principled conservatives, like self-identified Republicans. I forget the the one guy that kind of came up over and over. He was sort of like the face of Georgia voting, but he was this guy who was like, check my LinkedIn. I'm a, I am like a Republican, but I know how to do my job. And I know that there wasn't fraud and Democrats just won this. Um, and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has been appalling on a lot of things, stood his ground on this and said Democrats won. Um, so this law strips Secretary of State from his role as the chair of the state election board. And it oh, and so it endows the state legislature with the power to fill three of that board's five seats, which gives the GOP controlled state legislature control over certification and election and voting rules and empowers them to suspend or replace local election election officials in any county delay certification just make it way easier to meddle with results so this is terrifying stuff awful terrifying stuff it's like first they're putting in place all of these things to try and prevent people of color pretty much from voting and then if they do win by some chance with all these things in the way, then the GOP control legislature can come and be like, no, it wasn't real. The Republicans won. 
Um, it is exactly as sinister as it sounds. Um, yeah, they're also further limiting Dropboxes, which like why, if you're a conservative, like why give me any rationale why these are good ideas? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very clearly just because when more people turn out to vote, more people are voting blue, Democrats mm-hmm. win, um, and they want to remain in power. So they will do whatever they can to prevent people of color uh, from having a voice. And, you know, they were clearly scared by what happened in this most recent election when Georgia turned blue mm-hmm. because of the efforts of groups like Stacey Abrams um, really getting out that fucking vote. And, you know, black women particularly turned out, um, won this, you know, did a, did a lot of work. Um, and so Republicans are trying to find the sneakiest, slimy, not even sneaky, it's very, it's, you know, as subtle as a ton of bricks. Yeah. But really, really sinister shit. Um, uh, it's, this is like some of the scariest, <laughs> scariest news I've seen. It's just like, oh God, they're, they're just going to try to stay in power through any means necessary in their minds, which we knew, but um, seeing it in real real-time action is it's, uh, it's really terrifying. And I'm hoping that some of this shit can get struck down because it's, I mean, it's infringing upon your, your right to vote at this point. Yeah. It's, it's so enraging. Also when, when Brian Kemp, who's a dumpster person, um, <laughs> uh, governor Kemp signed this into law last week and the optics, let's just say they didn't look good. Um, it was him and a bunch of white men there while he's watching while he signed it. And, um, behind the door that behind his office door where he, he wasn't allowing, you know, he only allowed a few people in, um, state representative park cannon, who is a Democrat in um, Atlanta, um, was arrested. Um, she was there. She wanted to see him, uh, sign this into law. She was knocking on his door and, um, she was arrested. Um, mm-hmm. and Tart, yeah. right. Yeah. And charged sure. and yeah. Felonies <laughs> with two felonies, felonies they charged her with. Outrageous, outrageous. And there were reasons too, which just legally it didn't even make sense. Like, I mean, it legally it doesn't make sense on its face, but then when you actually are like, okay, what even is the backing of this law? It's not allowed. Um, like there's no statute that backs up what they're doing. Cool. Um Senator Warnock, one of the senators from newly elected from uh, Georgia, said um, kind of in relation to this and 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 the mass shooting in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, he said this shooter was able to kill all these folks the same day he purchased a firearm. But right now, what is our legislature doing? They're busy here in Georgia trying to prevent people from being able to vote the same day they register. You know, it's just like it's glaring it's just like why why are you so concerned with with uh with this when we could be you know solving the the gun crisis and saving lives it's almost as if they care more about being in power than they do the lives of strangers it's almost like that yeah the lives of their constituents the you know um They don't care about those people. (laughs) Also, like the idea, you know, Democrats are always held to this like standard of bipartisanship and purity there that um, we never even think to hold Republicans to. Like it would be completely laughable to be like, why aren't Republicans in Georgia trying to put together bipartisan legislation against, you know, for 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 voting rights or for gun safety? You know, these things are both. I mean, first of all, this Voting Rights Act was totally was very unpopular. Um, 77 percent of voters in Georgia opposed the criminalization of giving food and water to voters waiting in line. Um, only 18 percent actively support it. And 76 percent of Georgia voters op- um, opposed the provision that would allow led the legislature to strip authority from the secretary of state and local officials. So that's not popular. What is consistently popular, both at the state, local level and federally, is common sense gun legislation. Um, which, of course, like nothing is being done about. So hmm. It, it it really it, it does get exhausting to, to continue to have to point this out and and especially when we're looking at the sh- you know the shadow of we're all being held hostage by this filibuster this like 
grand idea of bipartisanship that we're stuck with because we have a couple of moderates and then moderate Democrats who don't want to let go of it um, for whatever reason. So we should just continue to pressure them because we're not going to, we have a once in a generation, you know, moment to make some change here with all three branches of government or not all three law, the Supreme court with uh, the legislature and, and the presidency here. Um, we can't do that when we have this like racist relic um, in the Senate, the filibuster, two of the longest filibusters were against the voting rights acts, 1964. And I think 1957, but like, those are the like historically some of the longest filibusters in the Senate's history. So it's like, this is not something, there's no noble origin to this. And it wasn't, it's not like it's codified in the constitution, this filibuster idea, you know, there's no like, Ooh, originalist argument for it. You know, it's like something racist that came out of the 20th century. We don't need, we don't, we don't need it. We don't need it. So let's get it, get rid of it. (laughs) Yes, please get some things done would be nice um you know one other little uh, newsy item i saw that was just um uh, very upsetting to say the least was over in uh, minnesota uh mm. when they the supreme court threw out a rape conviction because the victim chose to get drunk um so a woman yeah a woman was raped while she was literally passed out um unconscious and he was convicted of rape um and they, the jury considered her mentally incapacitated because she was unconscious um mm. But the Supreme Court ruled, she, no, it doesn't count as being mentally incapacitated because she did it to herself because she drank. Um, so we're not. So if a victim of a crime has had alcohol, we're just not gonna not gonna pursue any charges. Then um, was the perpetrator drunk? I don't know. But then what do we do? It's 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 so fucking ridiculous. I mean, the idea that. <laughs> If you're raped after you've had alcohol, it's it's your fault. Um, it's not a new idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Misogynists have been throwing that around forever, um, but it, it's really, really uh, beyond upsetting to see the Supreme Court of Minnesota make that ruling, especially after he was already convicted. Yeah. Like they're just like, no, 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 no. She chose to. She chose to be drunk. So. Um, her fault mm, no that's that's not how not how any of this works and like where's the line then you know if what if she chose to wear a dress and he saw her legs you know like where this is a fucking slippery slope in the wrong direction careening downhill um yeah absolutely absolutely unacceptable and scary and awful <laughs> It's really gross. It's really gross that they would just like stick their necks out and be like, actually, <laughs> we're reversing this. We're so convinced that this was the wrong call. Yeah. Oh my God. It, yes, you, like, you know, you raped an unconscious woman, but you know, and like, what, is, what does that tell men? It's fine should, to rape someone if they're drunk. It's their fault. Like they should all be forced, shit. forced to watch, um, promising young woman like clockwork orange style with their little eyeball mm-hmm. like no blinking you have to watch the yes. whole fucking thing i would love to arrange that viewing for them <laughs> yeah oh my god oh it's so hard to get convictions that it's really really next level that they were like no no yeah we're gonna overturn it something you'd think would be cut and dry someone raping someone who's unconscious yeah um, no no. Um, broadly, I also just want to voice my frustration with Biden's um, first press conference. Um, it's his first like press conference where he was solo, um, but he's done a lot of like to, to clarify. He's done a lot of town halls and he's been visible and he's answered questions. He just hasn't had like a presser formally with the you know, major news networks. And then he did have one a couple of days ago. Um, and the questions were embarrassing for the press and basically proved this point of like, okay, we need a robust press, of course, but 
do we need these types of like press conferences with, with the president? I don't know. You're not proving that we need them because instead of asking questions that are actually broadly in the public interest, you're asking questions so that you can get a, like some sort of clip, you know, for your headline, you want something flashy, you want Biden to make news or stumble. Just ask him questions that like, this is a good opportunity to ask him about, for instance, the pandemic. No Mm -hmm. one in this like 62 minute press conference asked him about the pandemic at all. They didn't, they could have asked tough questions about, you know, schools reopening or vaccination targets or a fourth wave. Like, you know, they could ask about inflation concerns after this, you know, most recent one point four trillion bailout. Like they could have asked questions. They didn't ask any questions like that. Um, they were repetitive. They kept asking about his travel again, like he's traveling, he's vaccinated, he's on Air Force One and he's basically traveling like to Delaware from DC, not huge. Um, it's just like, they're not reflecting what is, what the public actually might want to know or hear. So it's, you know, and there were also no real questions that were, I mean, nothing about vaccine distribution, not really much about voting rights, especially in the wake of Georgia. That could have been something to focus on um, because Biden called it Jim Crow 2.0. Homelessness, racism and the rise of hate crimes, like police brutality. There's just like lots they could have asked. Um, The Columbia Journalism Review said that these questions, quote, showed the political press is more concerned with novelty, spectacle and contrived outrage than with transparency. And I would have to say that's very accurate. They are, they and and us, I think broadly everyone, I mean, I get frustrated with also like with my boyfriend about this. It's like, I feel like broadly, we are all being forced constantly into this framework of having to discuss things the way that the GOP wants us to discuss things. Like they set the talking points, even if it's like a false you know, false dichotomy, or it's like a totally nonsensical thing. Um, You know, they're elevating these like fucking non-issues and legislating on them, like, you know, transgender bathroom sports rights. You know, it's like, we're all forced to like, be like, no, this is, this is not an issue. Like, this is just let them live. Like, you know, and so I, it makes me so frustrated that we are, you know, a lot of the questions revolved around the crisis at the border because that's all Fox talks about. And because 18 Republicans decided to go down there and have a stunt. Um, What did they really prove when they were down there? Like nothing. Um, There's a lot of focus on, you know, major Biden, which is like just rolling my eyes. Like, oh my God. Um, So, oh, and one question was like, Mitch says that you've only spoken once and that you've moved so far left. Have you rejected bipartisanship? It's like, has Mitch ever been bipartisan once in his entire life as a senator? You know, like, why are you taking what Mitch McConnell says and then trying to even get some sort of response has Biden rejected bipartisanship. What about the fucking Republicans? When have they displayed any bipartisan sensibilities in the last year? Anyway, so I just had to kind of rant about that a little because it just feels like it's a waste of everyone's time. And I would expect better from the press corps generally, like just to do better. I know. It's like, were they trying to overcorrect, you know, because, well, we want to seem, you know, like we're, we're unbiased. So let's, let's ask about Mitch McConnell's opinion here. So Mitch McConnell is a smarmy motherfucker who is not a, you know, truthful, um, reliable human being. Yeah. Why are we like, yeah, like some questions about what's happening at the border, totally valid, but like, but they were, it was just, yeah, major, <laughs> my God. The dog. Oh I love God. the. I'm here for it. Yeah, the dog had like a like nipped the trainer during play, so was sent back to Delaware for more training. Like, and this is like a huge, <laughs> huge news event. Huge. I know. Like the dog getting trained may maybe back um, at the White House. We'll see. Um, but why don't we spend our time on other things? Um, 
Yeah. Major Biden Perhaps. nipped someone oopy doopy, but in that, but like tens at tens of people have been killed by gun violence, you know, mm-hmm. in that time. Could we maybe focus on that? Could we focus on like, you Could we? Know. Yeah. And when they were like, do you think you'll be running against Trump in oh. four years? Oh my oh God. Oh my God, you guys. And it's, it's disappointing because it's like, I, you know, expect better. Like I am here for journalism. I'm here for the press. And it could have just, it could have been such an opportunity to really get, like, I'm not saying we should like go easy on him, but I'm saying, oh. like, you know, we need to, can we ask relevant, important questions and actually get information that is important for us as American citizens to know, rather than trying to have this little show, this like ratings thing. Um, like, I understand that Trump was nothing but spectacle, but it was really bad news bears. Um, yeah. So can we just ask the president relevant questions, mm-hmm. have him answer those questions and, and go on about our days? Yeah. Um, that'd be nice. It would be nice. That ask would him, be nice. Ask him real questions. Yeah, like about COVID. Um, because yeah, vaccinations are looking good, but the CDC director was talking about you know being terrified a sense of impending doom which i feel i was talking to you or like last week i think I, you know i'm literally an outbreak investigator and i've been a lot busier lately huh i wonder what that means mm. um and the cdc director was talking about cases and hospitalizations rising how we're so like we are close potentially to the end of this but we're gonna have a fourth surge if people just you know like the states that are the <laughs> texas that are completely doing away with all the mandates and all the all the things um mm-hmm. we, we can't we can't be doing that just like if you're unvaccinated you can't be like you know flying to florida and going to the beach with 40 people and like licking them all you know like mm-hmm. we can't we can't be doing these things and it's also i mean <laughs> taking care of other human beings um should be enough reason but over a quarter of the of the cases circulating now in some places it's higher than that are the more contagious strain the strain that's killing more young people um mm-hmm. so it's really in everyone's best interest to just pull your heels yeah. <laughs> do you know if if you're not vaccinated or if you are vaccinated either way you need to be wearing your mask when you're in public at all times um mm-hmm. shouldn't be like in huge groups of people um it's we just it's, we're so close to the end it would just be so typical of us to fucking ruin it all like yeah right at right when it's like we just need to be patient no we're not gonna do it um so yeah hopefully hopefully you know because vac- yeah vaccines are rolling out real real nice like one percent of americans vaccinated a day was the latest numbers so if that, that's pretty if that, exciting if, if that continues um we're looking at some some really optimistic hopeful stuff but it will be mute moot if uh you know people are irresponsible enough for that the surge leads to variants that maybe aren't as you know but the vaccine isn't as uh, effective against potentially we don't we don't know um so yeah. everyone needs to continue to be safe and then maybe we can all hug each other um soon yeah wouldn't that be nice wouldn't it be nice yeah florida looks like a fucking shit show right now i am i feel bad for people who live there i know i know and people go there because you know partially this issue is because you know governor DeSantis had signaled that you know florida's open for business he's never Mm -hmm. really taken the pandemic seriously in any way so where did everyone go for spring break well, where they felt like they were not going to be hassled, um, where they yeah. could get away with being out. Um, it's a complete, it's a cluster. Um, yeah, they, and also DeSantis, um, it's coming out now that it looks like he's um, underreported and lied about COVID numbers. So it's just, <sighs> mm, not, mm. not, not great. Not great there. Um, no, not, it's not time to go party. Not yet, babies. No, not yet. Sadly. So sad. Yeah. We all want it. It's not like yeah. some of us are like, Oh, I just, I don't want, you know, I don't want people to be able to live their lives. So I'm just gonna be a stick in the mud. No, it's like, I want people to literally live. So can mm-hmm. we just be responsible and like not have instant gratification? Yeah. Just, 
just have to wait, wait a, a little longer. A little um, longer. Just a, just a hair. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, I don't know, specifically, I guess like a white guy or a white woman who's like extra upset about this, just think about like, <laughs> I don't know, just tempering how irritated you are because are you part of a population where you're just not used to things like being restricted or being, you know, you're, are you kind of in, a little bit entitled thinking like a little bit mm-hmm. wearing a piece of cloth is infringing on my rights. It's like, yeah, it's annoying to everyone, but <laughs> yeah, we all, get over it. <laughs> yeah, none of us want to be wearing masks. So, and I'm sure not none of us, I'm sure there's a few people out yeah, there, there who, lo- <laughs> who love it. <laughs> but by and I'm large, sure. we don't want this, you know, no. we don't want our, we don't want our glasses fogging up. We don't want mask <sighs> knee. We, we want to be able to see our friends, the beautiful faces. Yeah. Um, or have yeah. awkward professional interactions, at least where they can see your full face instead of having it. You're yeah. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> it was, it is interesting. I will say when you like, when I started my job at the office, um, I met everyone in masks and then, you know, we moved remote and then seeing them on zoom, it's like, you kind of fill in people's faces yeah. yourself. And then you see them and you're like, Oh, that's a different face. than I thought it was under there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different, like below the nose look. Yeah. <laughs> BTN. <laughs> But, oh my God, this summer is going to be the fucking summer of love. People are going to be fucking hard. I'm like so happy for people. If that can have, it can safely happen by then. Yeah. But, um, I know. people are going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a summer of sluttiness. I'm here for it. I know. I know. <laughs> Watching yeah. from the sidelines for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be. I look forward to it. And all these like random things that I never necessarily thought I would care about much myself. I'm now finding I'm really like, I'm very much looking forward to the first time I can like put on a cute outfit with like a heel or something and go to a bar or like just go. Yeah. Just like be in some sort of gathering and like go look cute without a mask and without having to be like, where's my mask, you know? No. Or be like, oh shoot, I was going to wear my cute mask and I forgot. So now I've got like a cute outfit and this my surgical mask. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, there, there are bigger issues in the world, but I am, I, I do want to be able to just like, it will be, I just want to be cute again. I just want to be cute again. I know. Oh, me too. So many other things, but it, it, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's great for your self-esteem to be like at home and like sweaty, stretchy pants all day. I mean, I guess I have the option no. to wear clothes, but do yeah. I? <laughs> I mean, no. And also, yeah, it's just going to be, I, I, there's something that I'll newly appreciate about like, oh, I can just, oh, I'm having an in day. And that's a choice that I've made instead of like a pandemic mandate for over a year or like yeah. going to wear something cozy because I want to not like haven't put on a real pair of pants in a couple of months situation. Yeah. Well, I have bras other than sports bras. Good question. <laughs> I just, I honestly just put on a real bra a couple of days ago. Okay. Queen. I know. Queen of England. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. It was a whole event. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <Yes. laughs> Uh, we digress. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, oh, our good thing. I loved this one. Yeah, this was great. Let me find it. But basically it was a high school student who has been winning science fairs and she, Oh, wait, where'd it go? I sent you the good thing candidate. You responded. That's amazing. Yes. And now it's gone, but let's see if I can find oh, it. No. Um, an Iowa high school student invented suture thread that changes color when it detects an infection. Yeah, um, yeah which is pretty amazing. Uh, so this is useful in places um, that are lacking, you know, some certain technologies. And so basically she used beet juice because of how it changes color at a certain pH, um, a pH that indicates there's an infection. And so in, you know, people will be able to use these sutures and then 
doctors or people caring for them will be able to see, okay, there's an infection and be able to treat it um, before it becomes a more severe issue. So, I mean, I just like thought that was so freaking cool, um, especially when 11% of surgical wounds develop an infection in low and middle income, uh, income countries. Mm. Um, so God, just like, yes, smart queen, like, what a useful fucking thing. How smart, how wonderful. Um, I was just so inspired by her. Like, yes, you. Yes. Yeah. Very inspiring. So, so helpful. Um, mm-hmm. When I think about infections and like antibiotic resistant bacteria, it makes me like shudder. Um, so it, this is, this is great. Uh very exciting and inspiring and a great thing. Go you, Iowa high school student. I love it. Girls in STEM. Boom. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Get it. Get it. (laughs) We hope hope that everyone has a wonderful uh, rest of the week. Get mask up out there. Be safe. Um, And uh, Speak up and speak out about racism and wear your masks. And uh, yeah, be, be good citizens of the earth, y'all. Yeah. And I'll try to do the same. <laughs>